This message is brought to you by Monty's Mutt's Dog Rescue. Monty's Mutt's Dog Rescue is a small, foster-based rescue founded one year ago with the goal to save as many dogs as possible. Monty's Mutt's specializes in the rescue and placement of abused, neglected, abandoned, and injured dogs, but endeavors to help any dog in need. Since October of 2020, approximately 50 dog lives have been saved. Monty's Mutts is a not-for-profit volunteer-based organization. Learn more on Facebook at Monty's Mutts Dog Rescue or at Monty's Mutts Dog Rescue.ca. The Media Files for March 5th, 2021 is presented by leveldowngames.com. On with the show. For me, it's 9.26 p.m. on March 3rd, 2021. But for you, it's another episode of The Media Files, a podcast brought to you by leveldowngames.com. The Media Files is an all-purpose pop culture review to help you get through those boring water cooler conversations. I am your host, Kyle, and with me in my ever-evolving second chair is Sound Guy for the Level Down Games podcast over on leveldowngames.com. It's Sean. Sean, welcome back to The What's Media good, Files, people? my friend. How you Thank doing, you. my man? Doing all right, man. Thanks for having me. We got a banger of an episode for you tonight. I'm actually been sure looking do. forward to this. You know what? And not just tonight. We have a banger of a of like the next month to two months. I I, I kind of outline the the episodes going forward be- before they're done. That way, I'm not just you know flying by the seat of my pants every week trying to find something to talk about. And sure, sometimes sure. that happens. Sometimes there's just not a lot to talk about. But right now. There's so much happening, you know, coming up in, in the coming weeks that we're going to be talking about. We'll be talking about uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League, the Snyder Cut of Justice League when that comes out. Godzilla vs. Kong, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, Raya and the Last Dragon, which is coming to Disney+. Plus. There's an album or two coming out that we're going to be talking There are so many things coming out in the coming weeks that I'm I'm just really, really excited to dive into those things. But today is, uh, like you said, it's a real banger of an episode we got. Yeah, you know... WandaVision is something that I look forward to every week. So when you were like, hey, come on and talk about WandaVision, I was like, yeah, man, cool, cool, cool. And then I realized that we're going to record this before episode nine drops. Right? We're doing and, this before we see the final episode. Oh, gosh, man. I'm so nervous about what could happen. It's <laughs> I don't know if it's going to make great radio or not, but hey, you know, we're here. I Let's know. I know. That's OK. That's OK. <laughs> this week, if you haven't guessed, we are talking about WandaVision. WandaVision is a television miniseries created by Jack Schaefer and based on Scarlet Witch and Vision from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Following the harrowing events of Avengers Endgame, Wanda Maximoff now resides in a scripted television series of her own life and living with the recently deceased love of her life, Vision. Their happy-go-lucky life is filled with dark shifts of memory and tone as she attempts to shut out the inevitable from her world and create her own perfect bubble of reality. 
WandaVision stars Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Katherine Hahn, Tiona Paris, Randall Park, Kat Dennings, and more. It debuted on January 15th, 2021, and the final episode will air today, when this podcast posts, on March 5th on Disney+. Plus. With everything we talk about, and this one especially, we are going to be talking about some some real spoiler-type issues that come into this show, and it's usually we try to leave the big spoilers out, but for this show, we're really going to have to talk about some of the things that happened in the latter episodes, because that's when the show really ramps up. So watch WandaVision at least through episode eight. There are nine episodes total. Before you listen to this podcast, at least watch through episode seven or eight, so that we can talk about some of the things that are that are going on in this show and that you can understand the discussion that we're having all those things being said sean we're taking it to you how do you feel about wandavision can we holler at randall park for a second let's talk about randall park for a second let's let's talk about wandavision just even before we get into the content great way to call back some of some of mcu's most supporting lovely hilariously just i don't even know how to describe them they're just such a joy to watch on screen you got randall park it's it's, Kat it's kind of this this accessory cast that we've seen in the yeah. movies before randall randall park as as the you know the agent that has been in the ant-man movies most notably yes. right and cat yeah. dennings most notably from the thor movies and now you get to see these two i mean very intelligent and competent individuals but also really funny in their own ways very kind of sarcastic and weird in some ways and now they get to team up and it's kind of the team up that i never knew i wanted but cat dennings and randall park are two person two two people that i really love anyways just as actors randall park especially i adore randall park and this is just they've been they've been a great addition to the show absolutely they they've done a good job in setting the tone in WandaVision. We see Randall Park, uh, is it Agent Wu? Is is that his character name? Yes. And then yes. and then you got Darcy, right? And when we were introduced to these characters, they were very much comic relief in their respective films. So you you have Kat Dennings from the Thor series, like you mentioned, Randall Parks from the Ant-Man series. Both of them were just kind of punchline jokers. And now they're in WandaVision and it's a couple of years in the future from when we've seen them last. And Darcy's a doctor now, right? So she's an astrophysicist herself. And Agent Wu is actually heading up some serious business for the FBI. So it was pretty it was pretty fun to see them, but they also have credibility in their roles. They're not punchlines anymore so much, but they're still funny and joyful in their own right. It's just you can actually believe that they should be there, and it's not this forced hodgepodge of ridiculousness put together with characters that have no business being at you know at at this high level security threat issue going on in westview well and i think not just the two of them but also bringing in tayona paris as monica rambo Uh, she was a character previously in the mcu and captain marvel she was a little girl and now we get tayona paris as her as her grown-up version of of herself here and there is a lot to like in that character as well. And again, not a character that you really expect Monica Rambo being most associated with Captain Marvel. But getting kind of this time to shine in WandaVision has been really great to see. And and you're right. Th- these characters mostly cast all prior to this. Tayona Paris being a newcomer. But Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Randall Park, Kat Dennings. These are all people that were cast in the MCU prior to the start of the show. But there's one newcomer to this show that I really want to point out. And that has really been a standout star of the show for me. And that's Catherine Hahn as Agnes. Oh, yeah. 
100%. Catherine Hahn is she's she's one of those faces that if you've watched any any American cinema over the last 25 years, you recognize her immediately. She's got such a unique voice and face to her that you know who she is, but a lot of people don't know her name. And she picks up this role as Agnes in this series. And every episode has just been diving a little deeper into the madness that is WandaVision until episode eight when everything, well, really the end of episode seven, when everything goes completely berserk for yeah. for WandaVision and Catherine Hahn has been the most inspired casting I have seen in a long time in WandaVision and I'm so happy that she's part of this series. Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, you know Marvel's formulas, they actually are not afraid to bring in star power and they really set the tone obviously by casting big names when they started making the the movies but they've carried that into the mcu tv shows and i'm excited about that especially because in agents of shield and no offense to the to the people who worked on that but you weren't exactly breaking down the door with hollywood a-list talent and really it was a show put together of you know people that we never heard of or seen and then the characters featured on that show were comic characters that we never really batted a second eye at here sure with the with the, the exception MCU of clark iteration Greg. of tv yeah yeah clark Gregg. i mean awesome character but even he wasn't a prevalent comic character before they kind of created him almost agent in Coulson, the mcu right? yeah you know agent colson kind of blew up after avengers he was never popular in comics before and i'm not sure. even sure i ever read a comic with him in it but um so y- you got these characters who obviously have rich histories and what better way to bring in uh, someone like Catherine Hahn, who has that flexibility and, and her abilities to act where she can be serious or crazy or funny. And, and Agatha really, or Agnes, you know, really commands all of those different emotions when I've watched her throughout the series, right? she I thought she was funny. First, I thought she was just comic relief. Then it kind of turned into she had a little bit of a agenda going on and you started to suspect some things and then boom the doors blow open and she's a perfect villain like she transitioned and made that smooth transition from being unassuming to being pretty much the antagonist of the show well i think that's pretty fun to watch a lot to the entire tone of this show too in that there has been a lot of really funny moments of this show and and it starts out I mean, almost entirely a comedy in some ways when when they're going through these eras of television, the 60s and 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s television that feel very hilarious in many ways. And you're laughing at a lot of the references that you catch and the way that Wanda and Vision interact with each other, all very funny until things just start to feel off and things start to feel very weird sometimes and and a one a little one liner line will get dropped here or there that lets you know that something just really isn't right with what's happening and the show is not afraid to go from that lighthearted you know boisterous comic style to this very tonally dark and and grievous show about death and losing family and losing parents and losing siblings and losing loved ones it is it is gone i mean the entire 
emotional spectrum of those types of things. And and really, like you said, Catherine Hahn being at the center of that has really found a good way to to shift those emotions back and forth. And I think that she really belongs right at the head of the show, along with Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, who have done that as well. The three of them together have done such an amazing job at, at letting the weirdness of the show and the emotional shifts of this show ride like waves over the viewer. I mean, you just feel like you're getting pummeled by waves of emotion every time something shifts. And it's because these actors carry it so, so perfectly. Oh, 100%. And you bring up a great point. The MCU has always shined a little bit of light on the mental health struggle it takes to be a hero, to be a part of such great conflict and loss. I mean, yes, we have, of course, you know, the the tragic stories in Marvel, but we never really get to focus on mental health too much in Marvel. I think the biggest step we took towards that before WandaVision was like Iron Man 3, when Tony was experiencing a lot of PTSD, and that was a very transformative film for his character. But you get a in-depth look at a different side of mental health for the heroes in WandaVision. It's very refreshing because they haven't really done a dark, deep dive into a hero's psyche like this before. And it's really, it catches you off guard because you're not expecting that as an MCU fan. You've spent, what, how many 10 plus years having these films where you always think, oh yeah, the hero's going to win. That's the formula. The hero always wins in Marvel. Right now, I don't feel like Wanda's really going to quote unquote win at the end of this. Like there's going to be some collateral damage that comes from this show that's going to echo through the MCU TV series and then bleed into films as they come out in the next couple of years. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to how Elizabeth Olsen has portrayed this character. Scarlet Witch or, or Wanda up to this point has never been a character, like you said, that has won. Uh, she's been part of teams that have won, but she has always been at kind of the losing end of of whatever deal or, or, or whatever trade-off has had to happen in the MCU for the team to win, WandaVision has always been the short stick. She's always pulled the short stick on that. And and what did I say, WandaVision? Wanda. Yeah, you did. <laughs> Recap the losses, right? So you got, obviously, Sokovia gets demolished and Quicksilver dies in Age of Ultron. Well, and she loses her parents early. She loses her parents, right? So you also have the bombing in Lagos, which is her fault. And that springboards the entire Sokovian Accords, basically. And then she loses Vision at the end of Infinity War. Twice. She's always lost. She's lost him twice. Yeah, 100%. And so, so, and so she really is this, right this, on. this character of constant grief and depression and and they've they've played it so well because as a superhero she is wildly powerful she has such such immense talent and power that really she'd be overpowered i think were she not given some very fatal and very huge flaw which is what they've done here they've given her that grief and depression that she has to struggle with and it creates a, a very complex character for elizabeth olsen to play but wanda really has become just a wonderful character to watch evolve uh over the course of the mcu but also over the course of the show i think it's just been a fascinating journey up to this point the show started with the hook of it being like a television series, and it felt kind of kitschy at first. It felt like, you know, we're going through the decades of television. You kind of start with some I Love Lucy or some Bewitched, right? And it, and it goes into kind of all in the family type stuff. And then, 
there's the, the 90s Malcolm in the Middle type, you know, and then Office. And, and they go through the decades of, of television shows that they kind of parody in this. And I remember thinking after the first two to three episodes, I thought, you know, this really has to have a good payoff at the end. If this is going to work, if they're going to kind of ride this this television series out the way they want to and follow follow up on all of these television series there really has to good be a good payoff for it and it can't be for nothing it can't just be silliness for the sake of silliness when something so serious is at stake and i have to say after watching episode 8 you get a lot of the backstory of wanda and why she's attached to these television series why she watched i love lucy and bewitched and malcolm in the middle right why did she yeah. why did she attach herself to these series and make her tele, her 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 real life a bubble surrounded by these television series I think they just did a wonderful job of tying everything up together and really making those episodes feel like they had weight and were worth it. No, 100%, because it seemed like a gimmick at first. It seemed like right, a that's way... what I mean. I, I thought, man, this is good, but gosh, I hope this goes somewhere. Right. It, it was just a vehicle at first, and it was a way to have different themes and to change the sets of the shows. It was a good transition between each episode because you were finding yourself experiencing something different Although it was a continuation of the same story, you know, you got the Dick Van Dyke feel and then you, you know, kind of burst into, uh, I think the first couple episodes were black and white. And then we went into like the seventies after the kids were born. And then you find yourself in the, you know, kind of like eighties, nineties, two thousands range. Really the cinematography is what I want to highlight because whenever something was in the real world, the aspect ratio changes on the show i don't yes. know if you caught the, the bars yeah, and right it's jarring sometimes yeah yeah and, and you don't catch it right away and then you realize where you're at unless you're paying attention to the shift and it also is coupled with reactions especially from elizabeth olsen when she starts to realize like hey i'm i'm not in a tv show right now you know and it's it's kind of interesting to see because really that stuff isn't really incorporated in the show until the last couple episodes and i loved that part of the show but i also loved the fact that she was just trying to cope with her grief by going to her happy place if you really just dial it back a little bit she goes and visits some of her her favorite uh feelings and it happens to be during these tv shows there's a scene in the latest episode where it's a playback to Wanda and Vision watching Malcolm in the Middle. And Vision Vision doesn't understand why the roof collapses on the dad, who's played by Brian Cranston. We love him, by the way. Um, so the roof, the pagoda roof that he's building on the house just falls on him. And Vision's immediately concerned. He's like, oh, man, is he hurt? And she goes, no, it's not that kind of show. Like, that's the point of... WandaVision and the TV shows is that she's portraying all the shows that aren't meant to showcase necessarily depression and grief. It's not that kind of show. So when those moments sneak in on you, it really affects you because you're not supposed to see that. You're not supposed to see stuff to f that freaks you out in a Dick Van Dyke rerun. You know what I mean? So it was right. a great vehicle to showcase the oddities if if we were just watching a normal movie we wouldn't care about some of those things as much so stuff that's really supposed to be small and subtle stands out it pops a lot 
and I loved that part of the show. I mean, we, you talk about the use of different themes, right? We, we, I think each episode felt right because the writing was adequate for the type of show. So you look at like the old school shows, there was always a good kind of like moral tie in. Then you get into like the, you know, the, the shows that come out of the seventies, eighties and the, the type of humor, the canned laughter, it was all perfectly done. Absolutely. Well, and, and I believe it was the first episode or the first two episodes were actually filmed in, in front of a live audience as well. Which, I did not know that. Seriously. Yeah, which actually helped add to that add to that very authentic feeling of the show. So, I mean, little details that they've put in. The theme songs at the beginning of every episode have been just... Oh, dynamite. Uh, just incredible. <laughs> um, one of my favorite things that have happened in any show this year, and, and especially at the end of episode seven with the big reveal behind Agnes's character, you get the most fantastic song I have heard on television in a long time, and Catherine Hahn just hamming it up every single time she looks at the camera during this song, and it's totally hysterical and, and so thrilling to watch absolutely fantastic like i said today when this episode posts the final episode is available to watch on disney plus what are your predictions going into episode night of wandavision oh dude my body's not ready (laughs) you know i just i don't know if i could take it man my heart i'll tell you honest to goodness what i predict is something's gonna happen with the hex right it has this transformative power so, you know, okay, well, we didn't even touch on it, but White Vision, right? Sure. White, White Vision, he's got to go in. There's just no other way about it. He's going to go in the hex. Are we going to have a Vision face-off between the two? And who's going to prevail? Because traditionally in the comics, White Vision, I mean, he's the same entity. He's not like, you know, facing off against his former body or anything, you know, and... And then we look at, well, what happened in episode, was it like four, when Vision tried to escape the Hex, and then Wanda yeah, expanded four, it because four he was or five, right? And he, Yeah, he actually tries to leave it. Yeah, so, I mean, are we going to have a Vision face-off? Is Wanda finally going to cope with uh, Vision being a shell of his former self? Is she going to come face-to-face with White Vision in this? Uh, what's going to happen to Vision's consciousness when he encounters the, I guess, his former body or, you know, whatever. And there's been speculation about, like, okay, is the consciousness that Wanda has created, is that really Vision? Or is it what she envisions him to be, so to speak? And I know when she materializes Westview in their home, he comes out as a different color and constructs himself out of the yellow, which... I mean, great touch by Marvel is the same color that they used to show Jarvis in the Age of Ultron, right? Sure. So, you know, also great touch from Marvel, Ultron was showcased in the same kind of like powder light blue that the White Vision has for his eyes and his stone. So you wonder, you know, is is this White Vision going to be more of an Ultron AI? Is it going to be what Ultron was supposed to be all along? I don't know. And and so those are the questions I have for for episode nine. I, I think we were talking before we came on air, and I just think that this show is not going to resolve. My prediction for episode nine is huge cliffhangers. Uh, you're you're going to see probably something that opens up the story for the Doctor Strange sequel coming out. 
I'm sure the ramifications from this episode will bleed through all the other MCU television shows. That's their calling card. All of their films and and everything to this point have been chronological, except for, you know, you, you got Captain America and then Captain Marvel that right. came out prior, right? But all the rest of them have been chronologically released. Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was a little out of time as well. Yes, because Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 were supposed to be back-to-back right. story-wise, and they did not release that way. So it, it'd be interesting. They they have this habit of like doing flashback films, and that's what we'll see with Black Widow, of course, when it comes out. And it's, it's kind of like an isolated incident. I don't think this one is. I think this one is going to be in the timeline. It's going to be setting the precedent moving forward for post-Endgame life and how heroes maybe have changed and moved forward. So, well, like you said, I, I think with the advent of you know the White Vision uh, mid-credits scene that we saw, that's going to affect kind of how things move forward uh, in terms of you know, the Avengers team, but also I do think that going into episode nine, we're going to have a big cameo from somebody else in the Marvel cinematic universe. Now, I think there's a really good chance it ends up being Benedict Cumberbatch as Dr. Strange. I think there's a good chance that he shows up in order to kind of remedy this situation or at least band-aid the situation for now so that it can become a much bigger plot point in, like you said, his his next film, uh, The Multiverse of Madness. I don't know exactly how, but I do think we may get a Doctor Strange cameo or part role in the final episode. But we'll know. I mean, by the time people are listening to this, a lot of them will know exactly what yeah. happens in episode well, a nine. lot of people watch it like thursday night at midnight or whatever because they i come wish out. i could i wish Lindsay and i could stay up that late and do it because man i would i would i can't even stay up that late on new year's eve bro like it's no just kidding. it's not gonna happen and it, you know what if he shows up very apropos you know he's the master of the mystic Absolutely. arts that's magic you know everything else in this show has been magic related i'm actually kind of shocked belongs, that he has he belongs in the genre yeah yeah he, he hasn't been there sooner and i'm kind of surprised because the I guess the tone has been that he's always foreseen things, but now that quite possibly the the time stone is gone, does that change how he approaches issues? Because before yeah, he's always knows? known that stuff is coming. Like when Thor shows up to Earth and uh, uh, Thor Ragnarok, you know, Doctor Strange has greeted him and met with him and kind of led him to Loki. So it's it's going to be interesting to see if we see another side of him and how he moves forward. He's very preemptive in his approach so thus far. So the fact that he's not there now means that his character has probably changed as well. Uh, you know, when we talk about predictions for, for episode nine, I, I can't not talk about the one point how how much did Disney acquire Fox? Was it one point three billion or was it one point nine billion? Oh, I don't know what the final total was. We'll have to look it up. Forgive us. I apologize. I didn't prep that just, you know, quality content here. But they basically had that much money as a cameo for uh, Evan Peters. So Evan Peters is still there. I mean, we saw him after the ruse was up and Wanda figured out that he was a fake Pietro. Right. But he's still in the hex. And he's still, like, there. And I don't know, are they going to tie in the X-Men? Is this the way to bring in the mutants in an alternative timeline? Are we going to see a molding of timelines within the Hex? Because 
quite honestly, I think anything's possible in there. You, you drove a moon rover into the hex and it came out half minivan. It, came, right. it, it was, <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? You know, it was, it wasn't like a current minivan. It was time appropriate, like 1989 Plymouth Caravan yeah. <laughs> with you the know, wood the, paneling. The, the effects of all of that too have been really, really cool of, of turning things from, you know, the, the sci-fi style gadgets that they have into these retro, you know, cars and, and, and devices i think has been a a really neat touch to the show now are you have you read the house of m storyline within the house of m i read i read many years ago uh when it when it came out and i don't remember a lot of it but i will tell you one of my favorite comic books of all time is the vision series that that came out oh gosh it must have been four or five years ago and it was by tom king and it stars vision as he's created his own family in suburbia and and, a, and an android wife and some android children. And of course, Wanda plays a, a small role in this, but this definitely bears some some semblance to that as well. Yes. And, and I would imagine that they're going to take the opportunity to meld a couple different courses of comic book, you know, lore together in this episode nine. It's going to answer a couple questions, but really it's going to leave us with more that we want and we're going to be kind of like pining for answers and we're not going to get them and the director for wandavision has come out and said that he feels that some people would be disappointed by episode nine and and you know honestly they need to be like if you want to talk about the future of mcu television you can't have stories that just are resolved within their own respective series because the role of these mcu television shows is to continue forward phase four so we got this big curtain call for phase three at the end of endgame and now we have to hook the audience to come back and visit when some of their most favorite heroes are gone so how are we going to do that we're going to create a more immersive continuous story flow between the tv shows and the films and they're going to intertwine I I would imagine we'll see a ton of cameos in MCU television before this run is through. And we've got And I think that we I think that we need to and and totally deserve it too. That this this show <laughs> is is such a great entry point to like you said that this this upcoming MCU television universe that they've tried multiple times. They tried it with uh like you said Agents of Shield and and Agent Carter, and then they did the the Netflix series, which I was a partial fan of. I liked Daredevil and Jessica Jones at the very least. But now all of those things kind of being tossed aside. There were some other ones too, Runaways, Cloak and Dagger. Uh, but I didn't watch all those any things, of the Hulu stuff. Yeah, were they good? Yeah, I Lindsay watched Runaways. I didn't. I wanted to watch Cloak and Dagger and didn't. And Hellstrom was the other one I think that came out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All those things kind of have been pushed to the side now and, and deemed unnecessary to the larger universe. And now we're getting real stories that are, are guaranteed to tie in and are already tying in to the larger universe. And it starts with this. And just in a couple weeks, we get Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is the second one. That's going to be followed up by Loki. There's a What If series coming uh, in the middle of this year. And then supposedly by the end of the year, we'll be getting Hawkeye and Miss Marvel. And then there's other ones planned past that. Armor Wars and and uh, Secret Invasion. There, I mean, there's so many other things. Moon Knight is planned. She-Hulk. There's so many other things that are planned. I'm really, yes. really on board Blade for a, all of these. There's a film coming out, right? I it's think not it's a, a TV film, show. yeah, Mahershala. 
yeah. Ali has been uh, confirmed as the casting for Blade for that. And so there's so many neat things that are coming. And I just think this is the perfect start to it. I'm so excited for what they have coming up. You know, one other thing that we didn't touch on was I don't think that we're going to have a whole lot of the shows bleeding into each other right away. I think it's going to follow the formula that WandaVision kind of set the tone for where oh, sure. it's immediately after Endgame, right? And it's all origin based again. We got to start over, recreate some of these characters. Uh, I don't expect any of the ramifications of any of the shows to affect one another directly until we start introducing the the new films again. So you got like that's probably Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. You got uh, the Doctor Strange show uh, movie coming forward. The Those Eternals are where we may see a lot of that Eternals kind of being more of an origin story too. So. There's a whole lot that are that is going to be setting the tone for the next couple of years of films. And so I would say my my biggest prediction for the show, though, is we have to start seeing Wanda become the Scarlet Witch. And I think we will. I, yes, I really absolutely. do. We're going to see the costume because in reality, she's never really had a full costume. She's had a cool outfit. But she's never had a costume, right? So we're going to see her costume. We're going to see her tee off. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's not just Agatha. I mean, a lot of people have been speculating that Mephisto could be behind everything. There might be something that Agatha's doing with that spell book that looks eerily similar to a lot of the books you would see in the library at Carmitage from the Doctor Strange films. So... It's one of those things where there's so many different avenues they can take. Is this going to introduce mutants? Are mutants coming into the MCU? Are we going to finally see the origins of Wanda's true heritage? Is she going to be revealed to be Magneto's daughter and she was adopted by those parents that got killed in Sokovia? I don't know. I would love to find out. I hope we do this week. <laughs> I, I, man, the more I think about it, the more I'm excited for that episode. And, I, and you know, I'm going to be sad that the show is over because, like you, just like you said, it's been a, a weekly thing in our home to watch this show. But everything here on the Media Files, we do prescribe a totally meaningless, completely arbitrary rating. And since we're talking about WandaVision, Sean, how do you arbitrarily rate WandaVision? Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, dog, this show... I close my eyes. It gives me double vision. That's all I got, man. It gets, the show gives me double vision, bro. <laughs> That's good, man. I like that. <laughs> I like that. I give it. I give it a. Uh, you know, I I thought about going a V out of V, which you know Roman numerals five out of five, which I thought would be pretty good. And then I said, well, no, six out of six, six six, but that got a little dark. I, I don't know. Let's go let's go with uh the six out of six six six. I like that. Oh dang, bro. Don't you bring that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> well, you know, it's all about these it's all about these hexes. The hexagon was all part of it and and I I like how they've tied in, you know, the the essence of, of witchcraft and, and stuff like that into the spirit of the show. I think that's been such a cool addition to to the lore and, and Agatha being part of it. It's just been so neat seeing that get added into the to the lore of the MCU. So well, I'm so it happy actually with it. painted the witches in a different light, too, because a lot of people associate witches with evil throughout, you know, folklore. But sure. in this show, they were actually following rules and and trying to protect others from evil witches. So it's really it's really something that I hope they dig into more. 
and you know maybe maybe you just got to give it like you know uh, four out of five which is approved i don't know but i i like where you're going with that uh, <laughs> the v v v v v v vibe or v, 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 whatever, v, so. v, the the v out of v there but that's all the time <laughs> we've got you know you know i'm so sad before we end i'm so sad that this is just a a, a, a mini series i wish i you know there's probably not it's good that there's not going to be a second season but man this is going to be a fun show to go back and, and visit like on a binge run or anything all all nine all nine episodes straight through anyways that's all the time we've got we want to thank you for sticking around to the end of this episode of the media files and thank you for being here this week sean and talking with wandavision about me yeah much appreciated i'm glad to be here and i'm i'm excited to see what the community has to say on our discord about wandavision coming up for this uh season finale you know i'll probably have you back in uh what you know six or seven weeks as we talk about falcon winter soldier too so don't you tease me with a good time <laughs> tell a friend tell a co-worker help us grow and special thanks to brian for technical assistance do not forget to bookmark leveldowngames.com i'm on twitter or instagram at brewstoff that's at b-r-u-c-e-t-o-p-h or at the level down games discord with the link in the show description reach out to us with what you're looking forward to and maybe we'll talk about it in an upcoming show until next time be kind be honest and we will see you later